to the second episode of the Super Freak Media Podcast, No Ghouls Allowed. I'm joined again by Liam Banks, Richard Parker and Charlie Clark, and I'm your host, Jono Butler. So, this week, have we seen anything cool? That's my question. I just like the silence there, so you could literally, literally just be in a room on your own. Nothing, no, I'm here on my own. <laughs> Nobody's seen anything good. No. See you next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Stay creepy. <laughs> Richard, seen anything cool? Uh, I'm going to throw it out there a little bit different. Twist your uh, twist, twist your question a little bit. Love it. Twist you, your love question, twist question a little bit. Um, and I'm going to go with listen to. Um, I've spent the last 20-something hours now um, listening to The Stand by Stephen King. Maybe not the last 20 hours straight. That sounds weird when you put it like that. But I spent approximately 20 hours. <laughs> Can we start again? <laughs> no, you've done well there. No, all right, we're sticking with this. I've been listening to The Stand by Stephen King and I haven't finished it. I'm only about halfway through and it's pretty good. Sounds good. How many pages is it? In, like, book form. Not a clue. 800 and something. So you're on 400 and something yes, pages. I guess. In your book on tape. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. not tape, because, because we're not all ancient like you. <laughs> but it's weird but it's, but it's But you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Sweet. Can, pretty you, good. can you give us a, a brief synopsis? Uh, without giving too much away, especially considering... Well, I suppose I can speculate. It's, it's not one that I'm familiar with. To um, like King book. Basic is premise. A recent King book, or is it an, an old one? Uh... I think eighties. I, th- I think the version I'm listening to is like a, is a like a almost like an author's edit. Oh, is it? So is it like an old recording as well? Uh, no, no, it's modern recording. What What are you listening to it through? Uh, Audible, gramophone. Oh. Yeah, a gra- no, not all your age. Glad you're here, Johnny. Um, <laughs> basic basic premise for you though is kind of uh, government experimenty stuffs. Ah, uh, okay. Um, they kind of create this. Uh, illness that escapes very early on pretty much everybody's dead and it's about the same people and kind of their experiences and there's a little bit of like a an underlying sort of I'm not sure if it's supernatural or what kind of thing to it as I haven't finished it yet but it's pretty damn good cool Sweet. You have to keep us up to date when you finish it. I will do, and I'll try not to spoil it. So, have you read a lot of Stephen King, or is this like your first? Uh, So, this is like my my first foray into one of his longer um, ones. I haven't really read any of them. I've I've listened to quite a few of them now. Um, So, you know, I've I've done things like Green Mile, um, The Shining, and uh, Mr. Mercedes was particularly good as well. I've got a really cool book um, of. Like a lot of the short stories that have been adapted into film. So uh, Shawshank was one, I believe. Shawshank, fourteen oh eight, and there that fourteen oh eight is a really is it cool the story. The one with the mess, is it Skeleton Crow? Is it that one? E- that's, no, that's I, I think I think Nevada, I think I've got that. Yeah, but really I think good. the book is literally called Stephen King Goes to the Movies. So it's like oh a, wow, okay. it's a new Ooh. kind of oh, that sounds interesting. Ooh, that's put cool. together version. He's of such like, a good writer, though, isn't he? he yeah. yeah, he really is. He's yeah. He's, he's lasted for years as well. Like he's still still going. I, I think, think for a, he wrote he wrote under a pseudonym for a little while as well. Um, someone was telling me. Just I don't know whether that was to prove that he doesn't need his name as Stephen King to sell novels. Well, I know his son does that, doesn't he? Because he's Joe Hill, is it? Yeah. Because obviously, if he had King attached, everyone would be like. Yeah, you're, you're selling books based on your yeah. dad's name. Mm. So I think of, that's quite admirable. Sort of like Nicholas Cage, Cage. 
Nicholas Cage. So there's there's, there's, <laughs> there's the theme it. for this podcast. None of us can speak. Apparently. None of us can talk. Everyone take a shot every time we don't say the word. Oh, <laughs> everyone's already. Every, everyone's already. But yeah, Nick, um, my boy Nick. He changed his name, didn't he, uh, from Coppola to Cage, not to oh. be associated with his family. Yeah. So that he could go off on his own. Liam, are you looking at me like this is a revelation? It, it is for me. You've I fully blow my mind. He, so he he's related to Francis Ford yeah, Coppola. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the same no. family. Yeah, hundred percent. Don't. Yeah. What? Insert explosion sound. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie just scattered. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Yeah. So he changed his name so that he would. Uh, Why do I have more respect for him now? I have a lot more respect. Also, for him. he changed it to Cage, which is cool as balls. But it makes sense because he's kind of constantly a caged beast, isn't he? You say mm. you have more respect for him. Like, is it possible to have any more respect for that man? I don't know. He, he is just incredible. Happened. Can just I like, just segue a little bit and just give you one story that I heard about Nicolas Cage recently? Yeah, Please. go for it. Only the go one. Only the one. <laughs> Only the I'll one. give you a new one every I week. I think every week, yeah. Every you, month. You should have. Can we call it Cage Corner? We have like Cage a little corner. Cage Corner. Cage Corner. Cage Corner. We need like a little... This is it. Cage Corner number one. Um, Nicholas Cage once owned two Cobras because he thought Cobras were cool. End story. Anyway, I've been watching Nicholas Cage interviews recently and it's like, it, the, the guy is fascinating I genuinely think he's like the best actor of his generation I don't think that's that's not me being an arse I think he's that good right <laughs> seriously no he is it's good that we're talking about award shows today yeah. <laughs> Oscar winner Nicolas yeah. Cage um, but he, he decided that he, he was like I want Cobras you know Cobras are awesome so he had a, a room built in his in his house with like glass fronts and everything a glass door and what he would do was he'd get home from shooting or wherever he was during the day and he would sit in the room in his big armchair. He'd make sure he'd taken, like, a shot of anti-venom in case that they got him. No. Right? And he would sit in the room with, like, I think it was red wine, he said, and he would just sit in the room and watch him go around, getting angrier and angrier, until, in his words, they told him to <laughs> off. And then he would, <laughs> he would just books, leave. me. <laughs> And then just close the door and go, yeah, I should probably go now. But I think that he's... What a guy. He's, like, so he's a strange man, but he's excellent. The man's bought a castle. Like, well, he, he you can't argue bought, with that. Um, Madame LaLaurie's place, didn't he? In, um, in, in New Orleans. He doesn't own it anymore, Louisiana. Though, yeah, he... That's... that. Don't take my cage facts. I'm so That's sorry. That's going to be a cage fact for but next time. He's like a myth, isn't he? He's, he's like literally a living <laughs> The legend. fable of Nicholas Cage. He is one of those people that, like, nothing actually surprises me anymore. When you go, yeah, he did this, you're like, oh, yeah, sounds but, like a cage. Yeah, but if, any, if you said anybody else did it, you'd be like, no, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Cage, kind of definitely. But I, I 100% that Nicholas Cage will be a topic in one of the podcasts where I oh, try yeah. and defend Nicholas Cage as being... The best actor of his yeah, generation. I, th- I think that's yeah. something. We all bring something to the table, and we have to sell it to everybody else and the listeners that it is gospel, and that is mine. Okay. okay. So that's that's one for the I future. Mean, I, was, I, I was sold just, just from watching Mum and Dad. I was sold just listening to him singing Hokey Cokey and smashing the shit out of that pool table. Yeah. That's <laughs> enough for me. Legend. Yeah. Legend. Absolutely. absolutely. <clears throat> so Liam, seen anything cool? Yes. Um, I've just recently caught Escape Room uh, at the cinema. 
it, I think it's just recent. Well, at the time of as, as recording this, it had quite a limited release here in the UK. Just to clarify, it's not the Escape Room that's on Netflix. No, no. Yeah, I think there's film. about three films that have the title Escape Room. It is. It, it, I think it's the only one that's been released this year. Um, I can't for the life of me remember the director's name, but I know that he did Insidious: The Last Key. It's and Taking of Deborah Logan. It's that guy. Okay. Um, so I. I absolutely loved it. Um, unfortunately, like with a lot of the horror films I've seen recently, right up until like the last ten minutes, I was really invested in it. Um, I actually went to go see it with with Charlie, um, and it was it, it it was really really great in terms of concept, mm. the ideas that it had there, um, and obviously it was you, like a less gory saw in some ways, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it is, but I think. It was it was cleverer, cleverer. In, yeah, and its approach with things. Plus, it had some really interesting visuals to it, which obviously I always appreciate. Um, but you really cared about the characters. I think that's what was refreshing about it. Like, yeah. every character brought something to the table, and when obviously various things are taking place and things happen, it you care about them. Um, and it's, I, I think the problem that I had is it, not spoiling it, but is the fact that it very blatantly had a couple of endings and it was trying to set itself up yeah. for a sequel. And I think it has franchise potential, definitely, but it's it was, it it tried was a bit too, too much hard of an at the obvious end. set yeah. up for a sequel, wasn't it? It's like, yeah. we're going to make another one! Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, you should definitely check it out. It's 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 really, really quite cool. Um, I particularly like the 8-ball-themed uh, room that, that comes like in. Like the bar. Like the, yeah, the pool table. Mm themed room it's pretty cool it's a good scene there was there was a couple of bits at that point where I think we were like (laughs) like we really Mm. there's good moments like it gets quite tense yeah not straight up horror either okay but um, (coughs) has has its moments which is good Mm. sounds good to me Charlie um, mine's a one that I'm very, very late to the party on but I don't care um, because I'm loving it at the moment is Luther like I didn't watch Luther when it was originally on Mm. TV and then around Christmas and New Year's, there was the series, I think it was five. Mm-hmm. Someone's probably screaming. With Hermione Norris. Norris in it. So, so yeah. So that's the latest one, yeah. Yeah, so that obviously came out, and everybody, like, mm. my social media went mental, and I was like, I need to watch this, but I didn't just want to watch series five. Yeah, see, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> you did that, but I, I went back and, because it's all on Netflix, I went back and watched it from the first episode, and within the first five minutes, I was sold. Like, and I've not... I've not kind of felt this way about, like, a TV series since I think I started watching American Horror Story. Like, the first series of American Mm. Horror Story. Like, there's... I think it was the second episode where I sat watching it and you realise something's going to happen as John Luther realises it's about to happen and you kind of have the same level of panic as it, and it's all of a sudden you just go, oh, no, oh, my God, no. And then... Mm-hmm. It's too late, and I th- it's such clever story writing. It's great script writing. It's great characters, and yeah, I'm think I'm on season three. It's one of those I've got to catch up on because I watched the first three seasons, um, and then I haven't watched any since. So I've got a lot well, of catching up to do on that. I've just got to a bit <coughs> which I don't want to spoil. Um, I don't know how I can say without spoiling it, but there's something happens that you. Do- you don't think the writers would do that 
I think yeah, it takes some bold, bold yeah, turns. Yeah, and there it? was there Which was a good. moment where something <laughs> happens to a character, and I just went, I can't believe they've just done that. I genuinely can't believe they've just done that. Like that's got to be that's got to be. I think also Idris Elba is just like amazing, Idris Elba is everything. He is fantastic. Yeah, like he he, he makes. I think if anybody else had been John, I don't think it would have been as successful as it is. It's one of those things, isn't it? Like, you, you can't <coughs> see anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, he is yeah 100%. And I, I think he's only sort of more recently starting to get the recognition he deserves. I don't know if you guys mm. have seen um, Beasts of No Nation no, on I Netflix. Haven't. He is amazing in that. He plays, um, like, a, a warlord who has child soldiers. And Ooh. it's very powerful, very hard-hitting, and mm. it's, he's fantastic in it. I just I think he's got like such a an incredible range as an actor. Yeah. Um, but that, and I think he's ve- he's very good. Like obviously he's in like the Thor films mm-hmm. as well, and he's like <laughs> I didn't realize when I watched Thor and then watched Luther. Like it, there was a bit of a disconnect. Like I didn't twig mm. that it was the same person. That series, so though, I think, is I really think special speaks. in the way that that treads the fine line between real life and horror, though. Oh, because some the horror yeah. is obviously in the crimes and things that mm. are being committed and what we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally have only seen season five, and that, that was straight up like it had kind of references to, like, Jalo and stuff with the that mask killer and, and all things like that, which was really cool. But um, I know from what you've kind of told me, it seems quite twisted. Oh, it is. Yeah, oh, yeah. there's Definitely. there's like a good because it's set in London, and I've spent quite a lot of time in London, and there's parts of where they film stuff that I mm. recognise. So I've like I've walked down that street, and like if that was real, and that person, like, yeah, it really, it's stuff that sits in your mind. Mm. And I think if I went back to those places yeah. and walked, it would especially at night, it would probably trigger. Well, I think real life's sometimes or... scarier than what we see in the movies, isn't it? Oh, so, yeah. so things 100%. like that play play well to that. Yeah, because it's very, very <coughs> believable as well. Like, mm. very, very believable that all of the things that... All the crimes that happen in the series mm. are genuine, mm. could be genuine stories. Like, I could imagine seeing these stories on the news. Mm. What, what about you? So last week, uh, Richard and I went to see... Um, at the quad, it was the Satori screen screening. Um, they do every month. They do a screen in there of uh, Asian cinema, and this time it was a double bill. It was all about Hong Kong Category Three cinema. So that is, t- turns out that until I think it was 1988, Hong Kong didn't have a rating system for their films. Oh, wow. So there was no age rating system in Hong Kong. Um, so children were going to go and see things that they probably really shouldn't be seeing. <laughs> It kind uh, of meant that they had to rein it back a little bit it also because, because there was no guarantee kids wouldn't see it. So, yeah. so filmmakers uh, okay. sort of had that sort of idea in the back of their head that children might see this. Let's, yeah, you know, totally maybe, maybe we should. Very responsible of the filmmakers. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And just to point out, this is the quad in Derby. The quad in Derby, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, that was until Category 3 came along. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what, what sort of happened was there was a couple of films that, that came out and the, there was a documentary that we saw first. That was the first part of the double bill that explained everything. That was a you know, really interesting documentary yeah. on why it came about and then some of like the, the most notorious examples, I guess. Um, and there was like, two films that came out one of which was one called Men Behind the Sun, which was like a very 
anti-Japanese film. Yeah, it was very political. Very political, and it was... It came out in China, and it passed totally uncut in China because everything was... The Japanese are horrible. Gosh. They are awful people. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. That's the propaganda that we're pushing. Mm. It doesn't matter. Hong Kong, uh, at the time being, you know, a British like Connolly, owned by Britain, yeah. uh, sort of looked at it and went, oh, this, this, this cannot be seen by children. Yeah. Like, there was things in that film that were horrendous. Like, there was, like... Um, I think the the story was that they use actual animals for certain scenes where they really shouldn't Gosh. have done. Even though now the directors come out and said no, they were fine. You're like, mm, not so sure. I hate when they, they stuff like that. They used an actual body in an autopsy scene yeah, because that it was, was pretty grim, cheaper. Um, but that's that's like not uncommon. That's like in in like even mainstream cinema. Ooh. Like they they've used a lot of real skeletons in a lot of films. We've like, probably um, watched Texas autopsy. Chainsaw Massacre. That room and Poltergeist is. As well. The, the bone room that she goes in with the chicken cages yeah. and stuff, all of that is real human and real animal bones, I believe. Uh, Somebody probably will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that's all I'm real bones. I'm actually kind of okay with somebody using my bones for it's that. Like, I think that would be quite cool. I'd <laughs> be 100% down being yeah. in an autopsy scene as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And just as long it's as like, like, you don't see everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the lower half. Yeah, just, <laughs> just the good stuff. Yeah, just, yeah. just the good um, stuff. But yeah, Give the then, people what they want. It's, the, <laughs> hmm. Anyway, <laughs> so we, uh, we we saw the documentary about this, and then basically what happened was in 1988, the they decided that enough's enough. We need to put in categories, mm. and therefore category three came out. Anyone under the age of 18 cannot see these films. So perfect. Children couldn't see the films, but it also had the knock-on effect that directors and filmmakers then went, oh. Yeah, hands together. We <laughs> could do what that we want, baby, guys. up to eleven. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so they they just basically went uh, mental and and made yeah. these just crazy films that bizarrely were like big hits. They weren't like over here like video nasties. They weren't yeah. underground stuff that you sort of sort out on VHS. Mm. They were mainstream stuff. They made a lot of money, um, and there was loads of them. So like Ebola syndrome was one of them, <laughs> which basically. Was the, the story was that the guy went to Africa? I won't tell you how he got Ebola, but he got Ebola. Comes back to Hong Kong and then basically goes around the streets coughing on people, going Ebola for you. Yeah. Um, oh my which god! Which is pretty weird. It was pretty, pretty grim. Pretty grim. Um, and then just other just bizarre things. Um, I'm... The, the untold story, which was uh, touching on the awards thing. Yeah. Kind of a. a a bit serial killery, but yeah. very over the top violence, gore, mm. you know, gore against children, things like that. Um, but the guy, uh, Anthony Wong, he won the Hong Kong Film Award for Best Actor that year. You know, so it was a oh, wow. it was a main yeah. it was a hit. You know, it, it was mm. acknowledged by the award givers. You know, the, the yeah. committee that this this is a damn good performance. You know, in in a film of merit, sort of thing. That's that's yeah. really interesting. So that's what that's that's what I've seen recently. I, I think we need to get. The Killer Snakes on DVD, and we always sit and watch that. Killer uh, Snakes. Where, where at one point he basically just <laughs> allowed the snakes snake to bite him. Like that was like Nicholas Cage actually, <laughs> actually being burned. <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> oh, and also just to throw it out there, I watched um, Free Solo documentary on uh, a climbing documentary of a guy who free climbs El Capitan. Ooh, I wanted so to watch that. That won the I think best documentary award at the Oscars this year. Yes. Um, so again, a little link to what we're going to be talking about later yeah. on. But scariest thing I've seen all year. Yeah. Be- just 
horrendous. So and he free down. climbs. You know, there, those videos that you see on Facebook oh. and, and YouTube. You know where? where the, I mean, the, the the reality is, is there's the videos where they don't go well as well. Oh. And awful, like, awful. It, it's like you watch it, and I don't think you realise that like yeah. that's literally someone that's, that's gone. That's done. Mm. Yeah, like I kind of see the appeal in it. Like, yeah, you've got brass balls, but it's not it's, worth it. It's so irresponsible. It's not worth it at but, all. Um, the, yeah. the, I mean, this guy, he's he's trained for it. It's his Young, thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, different. It's different. You know, yeah. it's. I guess the risk is managed, but oh man, my palms yeah. were sweaty watching that one. Um, <laughs> I'm just expecting you just to bust out into map now, like just knees full lamin' M. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, he's never got his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> sure, oh, we're and still going. We should probably um, stop there before yeah. we continue with the entire song. I know <laughs> none of the lyrics after that. So the, um, the topic this week is. I keep saying week. We keep saying monthly. The topic this time. Let's just say this, this episode. This, this episode, episode. The topic this episode <laughs> is awards and horror films. The, the thing I'm going to throw out there is that horror films are overlooked at award ceremonies. I think we're probably going to concentrate on the Oscars for this one. Yeah. We're probably going to allude to other ones, but are they undervalued oh. at the awards? Yes. <laughs> I, I do not think this podcast is long enough. <laughs> oh boy! Let me just uh, check the memory card. We have got an hour and a half left on it. So yeah, we'll no, see. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> um, um, oh yeah, definitely. I'm just. I tell you, I've, I've got written down here. I'm going to just whittle off films that have won the best picture award, as in horror films that have won um, since since the 1970s. Okay, right? yeah. Um, how many horror films do you think of? Uh, won the award or films that you could class as a horror uh, well as in best picture best picture I think Carrie did did quite well Silence of the Lambs won Exorcist maybe um, I mean I'm thinking get like out. classic I don't did know did Get Out win best picture though uh, no it won best adapted best was, wasn't it it was an Oscar but I don't know what so and, from uh, best so original screenplay. I'm going to say are you on your phone? Silence the Lambs. Yes. Cheating. This is not on. You cannot go on your phone. This, this is a Cheat. question. Oh, this is I'm going to say, horrendous. since 1970, maybe eight. Eight oh. of one best picture. Oh, no. No. I think, no, no. I, I don't know. I think there might so be this is 39 think. years I we're think, talking. I think maybe two or three, if that. Yeah, so... I'm going to go middle of the road and say five. 1970. I'm being one of optimistic, one of those. 1974, best picture was not The Exorcist, but it was nominated. Yes. Okay. Right? It did, did it win any of It won for there. Best Writing, so screenplay based on material from another medium, and Best Sound. Yeah. So it won two awards. It was nominated for this six was more. pre-makeup, though, wasn't it? Like, Eight makeup more. was a category from, like, American Werewolf in London, wasn't it, which came later. Yeah. So I think it would have definitely picked up yeah. an award there. So nominated for ten, won two. Okay. Jaws. Hmm... Nominated for... Best score? It must have won best score, surely. Yep. Okay, cool. Director? Nope. Wasn't even nominated, I don't think. No. Well, to be fair, it was kind of before that. Spielberg was Spielberg. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, like, Spielberg... No, obviously, we knew Spielberg <laughs> as we know him now. Like, I just automatically assumed that he would <laughs> be nominated. Have a nomination. Yeah. Just uh, for being him. Then there's a big gap from 1976. Right Is there up nothing until... for Carrie nope. there? Nothing. Silence of the Lambs won something, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, Silence of the Lambs did. Uh, Misery in 1991. Oh, gosh, wow. Won I love that film. one award. Best, Best actress? actress? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, spot on. Because Kathy Bates was. Then Anthony Hopkins phenomenal. did win. Anthony Hopkins. He, yes. That Silence of the Lambs did pretty well. Does he still hold the? Um, there's some sort of record for the shortest amount of time spent on screen in a film and winning Best Actor. Mm. I think. Probably. Did I think it, was it only something like seven? Charlie Clark. In the dark. Seven awards. How many did it win? For a bonus point? Four. Oh, I thought you were going to say five. Oh. It was five. Okay. Best picture? Yeah. Best, Best actor. actor? Best Score? actress? Best actress? Yeah. Score? Director? Oh, yeah. So it won the big four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Best writing, so big five. But <coughs> it won those awards called a thriller. As a thriller. As a thriller. And I mean, I've, I've, this guy fucking skins people. Yeah. I have written What's at the top. Thrilling. More of a thriller? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Having seen that as well on the big screen at one of the flashback things semi recently at the cinema. Um, you don't realise just how many shots there are of Anthony Hopkins' face just taking up the entire screen. Oh, oh it is horrendous. It's awful. That's like, all you need there. It's horrible. It's You're like, shit the bed, that's terrifying. But I, I always thought, like... That, I mean, that's just a performance and a half, isn't it? Because there's something so smoothly charming it's just about him as a character. How, yeah, how... And you almost Calm want, he is. He's almost... There's something comforting about him. There's something comforting, but there's also something but, quite romantic about his character, I think. Oh, yeah, he's 100% like... He's a gentleman. Seduced. He is. Yeah, he's seductive. And yeah. it's, that's... Bleh. Yeah. It's always the fact that he's one step ahead as well. Mm. Yes. Like, he is the one who's very clearly in a prison. He's in control. Yeah. But he is in but control, control yeah. of that entire situation. And he, he kind of, like, he manipulates people to his own will in the way he says things and the way he gets them to think things, and you're like, that's... No, that's horrible. I think and that's definitely going to be something that I rewatch. I hadn't so watched that, though, until probably within the last year. Oh, wow. Um, just because I, I didn't really <clears throat> realise what it was going to be. It was one of those films that, like, I, I knew my mum had on VHS, and she'd always be like, no, you're too young for this. And I can mm. always remember seeing the cover with the moth yeah. and the skull and, yeah. and just looking at it, and all it, th- that image. I mean, that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like artwork of those films at that time as well. Mm. It's like, I think that's how you remember those films. Because I, 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 I like think of, when I think of Silence of the Lambs, I think of that moth. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, as a film, there are some really smart moments in it as well. Someone was telling mm. me that, um, you know, the, the famous line about like hey, his liver... Um, with, with, a fine with a fine Chianti <laughs> and so, beans. some kind of beans <laughs> father beans father, father beans. beans can I so just stop you there for I a second I think you might be about to say the same thing I'm about to say here is it John is like do not shit on my parade <laughs> last time Charlie Clark put a call out for an impression of E.T. oh, wow. oh no this time I would like your best Anthony Hopkins see I'm are we, do, are we just doing the noise we're doing, are we doing the line are we doing the line so the, so li- the line, the line is, is <clears throat> I ate his liver with some fava, with some fava beans. beans and a nice Chianti. And a bottle of Chianti. Yeah, he's okay. good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to be funny, fellow. I think you've just won. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I'm at automatic disadvantage as a woman. Like uh, Equal opportunities, Charlie. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. next. <laughs> Go on, Charlie. <laughs> Your best Hopkins. So, best Hopkins. Excellent. This is like the golem off that I had with Theo in a pub all over again. <laughs> <laughs> God, under pressure, I don't like this. Um, I ate his liver 
with some fava beans. Uh, uh, that's even worse because I can't even say fava beans. <laughs> fava no, beans. I'm just going to pass. Fava beans. <laughs> there you go. I'll do that bit. You can you can have that because I can't Lied. talk apparently. Lines. <laughs> 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 I ate right. his liver with some fava beans. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a fine Chianti. <laughs> Glorious. I mean, I've got a cold. So again, if off. there was a camera here, the yeah. eyebrow acting yeah, that nice. Liam Banks just did. Garbage day. That was right. Garbage day. Richard. Okay. Um, I ate his liver <laughs> with some fava beans. And a fine bottle of Chianti. <laughs> Just sounds like he's got asthma. <laughs> anyway, no, that was actually my. Jono, <laughs> like, you, you did a half-assed one. You oh, I did. To, you need to yeah, check yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you got this. I just, I just don't understand what you did there. You got, you took it and made it your own, which was he. He choice. became Anthony Hopkins. He playing. He, Playing Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Half asleep. I mean, in, all, in all seriousness. I think it was quite good. It was pretty good. It was pretty. It was your own take. I'm just gonna completely just ape Anthony Hopkins, so that's fine. <clears throat> Steady now. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a bottle of Kian tea. I don't know who you sounded like, but it, it wasn't yeah. Anthony Hopkins. No, it was. It was <laughs> but because, but no, uh, the noise was pretty yeah, spot yeah. on. I used to wander around going, Hello, Clarice. And it's not even a line just, in the film. Just to your mum. Go just, out of the bath. Yeah. Hello, Clarice. <laughs> Hello, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know where so, it came so, Sorry. To, yeah. Yeah. Richard. So going going back to the whole thing about like how it is actually quite smart. Somebody told me that there is kind of almost like a reference there in what he's saying. You cannot take the meds he's supposed to be on with fava beans or Chianti. You can't have it. So that is like a little nod to Clarice to basically go. I'm not taking my meds. And she doesn't pick oh, okay. up on it. Oh, like, yeah, I don't know how true that is. Somebody once told me that, and I, I, I love could see that being a like, thing, though. Yeah, like stuff like that. So just, much. just going, just a simple nod, going, you know, sort of saucer out here. Is she going to get this? I'm not taking my meds. Yeah, and she doesn't get it. Uh, and like so that's good. really, if that is true, that is really cool. Yeah, that's really mm. clever. So moving on to uh, 2000, Bruce Willis flick. Oh, six cents. Six cents. Was no. it that? Did that come out two thousand? What was it? The two thousand Oscars. M Night Shyamalan. Nominated for six. One nod. That's hilarious that it was nominated for six. Nominated though. for six. And it didn't win anything. <laughs> nope. Surely that should have won best screenplay. Nope. Uh, nominated what, what won? For... Do you know what won best screenplay that uh, year? I don't know. I have to. It's something we can look up. Yeah. Propaganda. Richard, use your phone again. Yeah. Well, Jeez. I mean, Ooh. I'm really, really quite. You know amazed that you're managing to maintain these facts and figures whilst looking at your iPad. Oh, well, he kind of is... <laughs> Don't like, come with no. Salty! <laughs> Best screen for 2000. Uh, uh, American Beauty. Ah, oh, fair play. Oh, uh, I see, did that win Best Picture as well, that year? Yeah, I think Best it original did. screenplay. I think it... Yeah, yeah. I know Sam Mendes won that year, didn't he? Because I, I put didn't pressure on myself screenplay director that my first feature picture. must also be an Oscar-winning feature. <laughs> 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 so watch this space, guys. Oh, I'm my. The next Sam Mendes. Oh, my. Um, we, we leap 11 years after that to Black Swan. Oh. Wow. Which, nominated for five... 
Did it was it like win? a psychological thriller. It's yeah. not a horror Did it only win one? Did win one. Costume. Best actress. The Ali Oh, I would have thought costume to be honest. Not even nominated. Really? That's disgusting. That just really surprises Phil. me because I think that's very... The costume work in this, that is this amazing. Is, this is what I mean. It's like, you know when you think of, of horror movies... I think, you know, if you said to, like, the everyday Joe, like, uh, a horror movie, they'd think of, like, some blonde bimbo, like you said previously, with some big tits, uh, being chased by a guy with a knife... Not knowing what to do, making dumb decisions and ultimately getting, like, a throat Are we slit. talking Sarah Michelle Gellar in Scream 2? No, no. No, because <laughs> that, that was subverting it. That was, that was clever, wasn't it? Because she, mm. we, we know who she was elsewhere. But it's so much more than that. Like, the performances are so much more intense than any other genre. I, I think that's it. I like, think no people, disrespect to other genres. People have a, it's a preconception, not the don't same. they, of horror, where they go... Yeah. It's literally, it's blood and guts. Yeah. It's people screaming. Yeah. It's not, it's not filmmaking, it's just... And from, like, an acting point of view, like, what you just said, Liam, like, as somebody who's worked, like, in horror and different genres as an actor, I think in, like, drama and, like, realism and films like that, you have, like, an emotional grounding in certain life events that you've experienced things like... Most people have gone through a loss in their life or have had their heart broken. So if that's in a script of a piece of drama, you can you can relate back to that, you can use that if that's, like, the kind of way that you work as an actor. But mm. as a horror actor, you've got to use a heck of a lot of imagination, especially as sometimes the stuff that you're acting to as a horror actor isn't even there. Mm. Like, it's not until afterwards, or you, you've got to imagine... What well, if you think about... The, the scares that are there, or the scare that's about to happen, or... The things that win, like, Best Picture, obviously, we've, we've clearly seen the massive gaps there. They're usually, like, biopics, or um, true-life dramas, or things like that, where people go on an emotional journey. Yeah. And if you think about that, there's a lot of things as an actor... I'm not saying it's any easier, because, obviously, these people, they're in that, that coliseum competing with each other, because they're the best of the best. Yeah. But... They can draw from things. Say that they are doing, like, a, a thing about, I don't know, cancer or... Um, the, for example, obviously, Julianne Moore, she won with the Alzheimer's story that she, she yes. told, didn't she? That that's something that she could have quite easily, obviously, gone... To, she could have gone to, like, a, a care facility and, and spoken with people who are suffering from it. She could have spoken to people who've had family who've suffered from it. There's a way to, as you said, emotionally ground it and draw from that. On Someone being haunted by a demonic presence or, yeah, someone with a chainsaw chasing them or whatever. These things happen, obviously not in that heightened, realistic state uh, as they do in the movies. They happen in real life. Obviously, you hear about these crazy things happening. But there's no way that an actor could realistically draw off something. They've got to, they've got to fabricate that. And to me, that's acting. Yeah, and I think, like, certainly for me as an actor, like, some of my most challenging roles have been horror simply mm. for that reason is mm. you've got to use your imagination while trying to also, like, create a believable character. Well, I mean, if, if you don't mind me segueing still on the awards thing, you've obviously just recently won well, Best I'm Actress... Well, to say. <laughs> um, ..at the Bloody Flicks uh, Awards. So shout-out to Bloody Flicks. Thank you so much. We, yeah, thanks. We did, we did rather well. We picked up with, Best Picture as well. Um, I don't know if I'm, if I'm taking over, if you were going to kind of go into this at some point. <laughs> but... Um, Obviously, we won Best Film and Best Actress for you. For Best um, Friends Forever. For Best it? Friends yeah. Forever. Um, now, this, that was a film that... It's only just started the festival circuit for us. 
Um, but it has been to a few other award shows. And the things that we were getting nominated for were more things like makeup and sound, sound yeah. which are things that we've seen, obviously, on the previous like Oscar wins, of kind of where horror's had its strength. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting you should say that, because I've got a, a little list down here as well that little. I can show you. Mm. <laughs> a little it's got, list. It's little come list. with a list. But, I mean, I think that's... Um, I think with horror and things like that, yeah, makeup and sound are going to be major players in that. But performance is, to me, completely underrated and never really recognised. Yeah. I have a big problem with that. Like, it mm. does get me quite vexed. I think, honest, like, one but... of my... I mean, we'll probably pick up on this, but, like, a massive, massive thing for me was Hereditary. Mm. Um, have you seen that yet? Nope. No, I mean, I still haven't seen it. No. And obviously, no. Tony Collette got a massive, massive, in my opinion, yeah, a massive snub. Like I her performance in that is dreadful. just like, a, like it's something to aspire to as like a horror mm. actor, and it shit on a lot of other um, horror actors' performances. I certainly think, and mm. See, she was definitely snubbed, and that that really annoyed me. But like, she really she, got me annoyed. She did win an award at the Fangoria Awards, so she won mm. Best Actress there. But obviously, that's an award show similarly to our situation. Obviously, I'm not comparing the two. Yeah. But we won a horror award at a horror, at a festival. horror festival, whereas obviously at other festivals, we've not necessarily had the same recognition or the same response. Let's say. Yeah. Um, Do you think? I mean, because obviously the, the year before, so two, 2018, mm. Get Out was yeah. nominated and, and Daniel Kaluuya, he was nominated for Best Actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. plus obviously right. Shape of Water. Shape of well. Water. Shape of Water. But that, that was more to do as a fantasy, fantasy film, yeah. wasn't it? There's, there's but, some horror there. It's a monster movie. Yeah. You said that and I'm so proud well, it's the, that it's you said Creature that. from the Black Lagoon. Interestingly. Gilmore Toro style with more romance in it. it didn't win any of the acting awards it was up for. What shape of water? No. Did it not? I thought. No. I thought it was, she won best actress mm-hmm. for that. No. Nominated. Nominated for. Who won that year? Best actress. I'm not sure on that one. 2018. I tried to think who won best actress. But yeah, but it's, it's interesting because you can sort of think: Did Hereditary not get nominated because you know the the Oscars is very political? It's very who pushes it here, who pushes yeah. it there. Did I they just not push it? Or? It came out at a time that was maybe a little early. But having said that, Get Out didn't come out anywhere near the awards season. And I can remember when that was released, everyone was like, this needs an Oscar. But that, but I think that did well. Because obviously political, of the political and like, yeah. race yeah. issues it was pushing. Yeah. Whereas Hereditary didn't really have that kind of agenda. But I, to me, I'd ne- I've never seen performances like that in a film. Like, it truly blew me away. Like, to the point where there's a character in there that pretty much has a panic attack and a bit of a breakdown. And I, were there I with pretty him, much you? felt like I was about to have a panic attack in the cinema. And, like, that's no exaggeration. Like, that's never happened. But I, I felt friggin' awful. And then I was like, this film is doing this to me. But yeah. it's because of these people on screen. And there wasn't a weak link anywhere yeah. at all. And that's a huge credit to Ari Aster, the director and... And obviously everyone involved. Um, but yeah, Tony Collette just completely blew it out of the park. Like, See, the thing incredible. is, it's like I'm just looking at Hereditary like on Amazon, for example. Yeah. Um, and it's it came out on DVD uh, last year. Mm. Looking at this, October the 8th last year. So yeah. it's, only, it's been out six months. Um, 
and the DVD is seven quid. Mm. Right? You kind of look at other films that came out around that time, they're still full price. It's like, it's as if it's just been, oh, it's a horror film, we'll oh, knock yeah. that down. Yeah. You yeah. know, we'll sell it cheap. But that, what, what's funny about that, though, is if you go into supermarkets or, like, places that um, sell, like, DVDs, the horror is always, like, the section that they'll always have, like, new titles in every week. Yeah. Because they are easy to pump out. Like, I accept that horror is a genre that is very easy to do in many ways. Like, I mean we do a lot of the stuff we do on like zero budget and just pulling in a lot of favours um, because you can get away with just throwing blood at a wall but then why can't that be movie. acknowledged but like if it's good think, if it's good horror I think it's because it's you have well one made. end of the schedule to the other mm. because you do have the likes of Hereditary or The Exorcist or Silence of the Lambs and, and I, I do think they deserve to be in the same category that have got that huge production value and they'll, they'll have Oscar winning people behind them um, because, I mean, I'm sure Tony Collette, she got an Oscar nod with Sixth Sense, didn't she? Tony Collette, I will Google. I'm positive she is an Academy Award nominee in some regard, from something. She might not have done. I, I might be completely wrong. But um, the difference is, is obviously they have that magnificent production value yeah. and push behind them. Like, A24 is a, a, a studio that I think is absolutely glorious. I think... What what kind of shocks me is the fact that I don't think they've kind of done anything Oscar-worthy, whereas the likes of Blumhouse, who are known for making cheap horror movies yeah. and only spending a certain amount because the focus really is on the return, they're the ones who've then gone and won an Oscar, in a sense, with Get Out. Yeah. Because no hate against Get Out. I love the way that it makes you feel, particularly me as a, as a white man, made me feel. But I didn't think it was that great. I didn't think it was... I don't know, groundbreaking. Yeah, it, it, it was... I think it sort of... It tapped into that sort of Trump as president sort of... Yeah. That, it, it very much tapped into that kind of feeling at that time, didn't it? But horror does that. And then horror does that anyway. anyway. For me, though, Get Out was like... It was all with the, like, the suggestives and, like, the symbolism mm. and the, like, think, little... Yeah, like, like, that is what made that film brilliant Yeah. For I, me really enjoyed it and I remember going into it thinking just based on the way everything had been publicised and you know watching the trailer and stuff thinking that it was going to be very specifically about race Mm. and it was a lot less about race than I thought it was going to be Mm. and I particularly enjoyed that film Uh, Mm. because I think I, I like it when I go into a film with a particular sort of preconception it's going to be this way and then it, it's not. It's something completely different. It completely sort of knocks you off your feet with your idea of, oh, so it's not about this anymore. And there was there was something about that and the, the way we kind of discussed um, in the, the last episode about, like, Freddy Krueger and like the, the idea of when you're asleep, you're at your most vulnerable. Just mm. the idea that... The, there's the moment where he's kind of sat in the chair yeah. and he, he can't do anything. Yeah. And that, for me, that moment where he is incredibly vulnerable yeah. was horrible to watch. Like, mm. But I think that's why it was commented on because, obviously, I, I can't possibly imagine how it must be to, to grow up a different... or exist in society being a different race at all because I think you naturally do have a privilege being white. Absolutely. Yeah. And that and that's what's refreshing about those sorts of films and what I do applaud it for is because obviously Us, his next film, Jordan Peele's next film coming out, that's refreshing because 
that's a black family going through horror, and I can't recall ever seeing that. And it baffles me that we haven't seen that. Like, it is so much, like... Do you know what I mean? Any black characters? I mean, it's a joke, it isn't is it? It is interesting. The that they, yeah, the black, black guy dies first, die first. In, in the horror films. When you, yeah. when you look at iconic horror characters, mm. um, it's like off the top of my head, I've got Candyman. He's a villain. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you think of, like, the, all the scream queens, as it were. The, I mean, you've got all... Jada, Jada Pinkett. I mean, yeah. I, I guess Scream 2 kind of made a comment on it in their opening. But there's like, is they have to make a comment on it? It's like... Mm. If it's obviously a thing if they're making a comment but on it, it with that. It's... Yeah. But it, it's almost like because they watched horror, they're being punished for it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, and um, I, I do think it is a, it's a terrible kind of stereotype and, and uh, archetype of the genre that that's kind of a thing that we expect. And I'm so glad to see that it's being refreshed. But yeah, there, there shouldn't be any kind of issue with... Um, I think like villains being a certain from a certain background and mm. and and the survivors being from a certain background. Yeah. I don't think there should. It, it just it does baffle me. And I mean, even in terms of obviously what what we do, I don't think any of the projects we cast are cast in a way that we it's really thought about in that way. No. Um, but it, it's nice to see that things are being a lot more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's a tricky one. But yeah, I, I, going back to the point, I find it kind of weird that Blumhouse is the one that's kind of taken horror over the finish line recently. Yeah, I when just... they're renowned for not doing the best job. Like, I mean, for example, they made Happy Death Day, which is yeah. is yeah, it's it's great that we've got a new kind of slasher out there um, for like the Twitter generation. But but it's god awful. It's, it's, really it's, it's reduced like, horror back to like stereotypes. It's very yeah, much yeah, it's very it. Blumhouse. It, it seems to be very much. And there's nothing against it whatsoever because mm. they're, they're doing an awesome job. They're getting horror out there. Yeah, but sure. it's very much make it cheap, make money. You know, yeah. and then it's like yeah. that, it, we're going to tap into this because that's what's hot at the moment. Yeah, so I think like, it is a bit they cash use maybe some mm. of the the like the refinement in their films that way, I don't they? Because it's very much respect. like yeah, it's like, like that. make film like you were saying, make it cheap, get a big return. Yeah. Well, it's like cheap action movies that you see where they can pay like a big star to be in it for five minutes and then they'll be all over yeah. the poster. Yeah. There's, every poster looks the same. Like... There's like guns and explosions that's, and profiles. That's the thing, stuff, isn't it? Well, um, they used to say that about Steven Seagal's films. Mm. Like, they'd get Steven Seagal in, he'd come in, he'd mumble through his lines, they'd stick yeah. him on the cover, they'd put a helicopter on there and an explosion, bam, yeah. seven pounds, it'd make its money back. Absolutely, But yeah. the thing is, it was like... It's the same with... with Wes Craven did that with, like, Scream, didn't he? Like, if you look at the... Mm. The the poster and the artwork for Scream, it's Drew Barrymore's face. Mm. Yeah, but and she dies. That was spoiler done. in the first five minutes. But he did that, that very cleverly like and like deliberately. Yeah, that I think, yeah, yeah. for sure. But like we know that now, but at the time, the audiences that went into it had no idea yeah. that she was going to get killed yeah. off because she was on the poster. She was the yeah, she's star. the star, isn't she? She's the big and star. She of the dies time. in the opening. But it's interesting they say with horror when you go to um, a supermarket, for example, and you look at the shelves mm. and. The amount of horror films that are in there around like mm. like thirty to forty in the in the chart, yeah, and they're all about five pounds, seven pounds each, and they've all got a cover carbon that copy looks yeah. pretty much the same. It's white background, screaming woman, black and white, yeah. red text. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, as well, it doesn't take long either for it to go from that point to all of a sudden it's in three for ten pounds. 
And then right. it's, yeah, and then it's, and they're all really low budget films that have and been picked up and then sort of sold on the basis of if we slap this on it, yeah, mm. that'll make money. And I don't think any other genre is like given that, like, I guess, lack of respect. I think Does that it's, make sense? there's literally no middle ground. I think you either have obviously a point where it's undeniable that it has to be like award winning because yeah. it of the things it's commenting on. Because, like you said, the horror is one of those genres that truly speaks about the time that it's made. Mm. And I think it's probably the most accurate. Well, in it, terms go, of that, it goes in very trends, much social isn't it? Commentary. Like after like the AIDS epidemic happened, like there was a lot of zombie films to be made, and well, yeah, and like the vampire movies, yeah, and and fly. like body horror, and then like yeah. after nine eleven, there was there was a lot more. It went to like paranormal kind of films. They found started to come out and, and things yeah. like that. Found footage kind of movies. They had a big boom after like that happened, and it is mm. interesting because it does have a kind of social commentary, but then it's not given. The same respect as if you made like a no. a drama about something like that, is it? And it, it seems and to be kind of like very a strange, club, doesn't yeah. it? That is very much a select few that get to exactly. win the awards mm. and make the projects. Well, they, you, you made uh, you had an interesting point earlier on when you were saying that horror films they generally when they do get nominated for awards, it's for the technical awards. It's for mm. it's mm. for makeup. Mm. So it, looking at this, like um, Frankenstein won. Well, you got nominated for makeup, nothing else. It's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, yeah. 1995. That's uh, the Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, Hannah yeah. Bonham Carter. Yeah. Like, it's, not, it's not a great film, but you'd think... To be fair, I've not seen it, but... <laughs> I remember watching it for my GCSE. I, that's where I last watched it. <laughs> <For> <laughs> Literally the whole of Britain is like, <laughs> <Yeah>. me too! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I also watched that Romeo and Juliet where she got a bap out. <laughs> <laughs> Is, 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 is that the one where they got around the whole using guns as swords by writing no. swords sword on, them? on the gun, no, that was, was like a, a 1970s oh, one. Okay. Where yeah, like literally all the boys were like, oh my god, <laughs> uh, um, Jimmy Carr. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like Sleepy Hollow. Oh my Best god, I love Sleepy gorgeous Hollow. Film. Gorgeous, gorgeous right? film. Um, the Fly. Again, makeup. but like if you think about some of the actors. That are it, it's Willem Dafoe, it's Johnny Depp, it's... Yeah. Uh, I, I can... Uh, names have all gone out of my head, but... I can sort of see... There's Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, there's yeah, massive Michael Yeah, Michael Gambon's yeah. in it. That's the thing, I can sort of see with a lot of horror films where you're thinking, they've not got the star power, so maybe they've not got the Oscar bandwagon, they're not... The, mm. the, the studio isn't going, let's try and push this. Yeah. But with those sorts of films... Why weren't they sort of pushed? Was it because there were studios who were a bit like, oh, it's a horror film, we don't want to be oh, associated with that? Yeah, or... I think it's because it comes with the connotation that it's cheap. Yeah. And it's not art, yeah. which t- to me obviously makes me quite mad because I love horror. It is cool that you said um, that they, they pretty much put makeup in because of American. I think that well, they had to recognise that, didn't they? I mean,. Ridiculous. Like it, I, I, Even today, it's ri- ridiculous, that it's, scene. I think it's shocking, because obviously if you think about like the great Universal monsters, hmm. like they stand up still today, and I mean, they were pioneering techniques back then with yeah. like latex and everything. And I mean, Creature from the Black Lagoon, that suit was underwater. Like I, I couldn't make and that now, and we have access to so many Original resources. concept designed by and, a woman, yeah, I found out recently. Absolutely, absolutely. The creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. That, but she was She's never credited, credited by, because yeah. she was a woman. Bloody Socks. Well, that's like uh, Mary Shelley, isn't it? When she wrote, when she wrote Frankenstein, yeah. she wrote it under a pseudonym, yeah. originally, mm-hmm. didn't she? Yeah. But it's interesting, as you say, that it's 
it seems to be that it's fine to have them nominated and seen mm. from a technical standpoint to a certain extent. Not necessarily yeah. cinematography or anything like that, but costume. But yeah, but, but makeup. Why, but why not? Because you you must I mean, I'd love you to comment on this because as a, a DOP I, projects comparing what you've worked on and you, Rich, as well, in terms of lighting and stuff, surely it must be quite interesting for you oh, to get it, to play with that as opposed to it being a brightly lit room because everyone's happy. Well, that's the thing. It, you have more room to play. It's so much more fun, but I, th- I think... I wonder if they don't get nominated because they are sort of... They're expected to look a certain way in the sense mm. that, oh, it's it, it's... It's got to look like this, or mm-hmm. they've sort of. It's a horror film. Yeah. It's going to be dark. It's going to be shadowy. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. That's fine. Mm. It, in, you know. It, but it's like, oh, actually, no. We, we've set this up. We, we, we've we've the camera's there. It's doing this because yeah. we we don't want to give that away. We need to pan at the exact moment to do this. Yeah. I think there's quite a lot of skill that goes into it. But uh, I think it's just sort of. Again, it's because it's a horror film. It's like, yeah, but. Technically, there's a lot that's got to work. Yeah. And yeah. It, it kind of it gets thrown into this, like you said, this cliche of it being, it needs to be dark and shadowy so that you can hide things. But then you throw in, like, the daytime scenes and stuff from, like, the the second paranormal activity, well, things where like all of a sudden you it. thought you were safe and then you're not. And mm. So, it, yeah, I mean, I think that's something for us. The next next film has to be a horror in the daytime, doesn't it? Just to... Yeah. I think it can be done. You, you have to be smart about the yeah. way you do it, but yeah. it, it can be done. Well, that's it. I mean, sure. Talking about cinematography, though, and... Um, like it, it, Back to It Follows. We t- talked about It Follows last, last episode. Mm-hmm. That mm. has some really interesting choices, oh, cinematography-wise. Yeah, the, the yeah. panning of the camera, just that. Yeah. Things like that, and I, I think... That but it's so simple. Has uh, and maybe that's the maybe that's the problem. Maybe mm. that's the that's the issue that it's not big and flashy or horrors are supposed to look like that. It doesn't matter. Mm. Or maybe it is just because they look at it and go, "It's a horror film." We're just not that bothered, you know. I, I don't know. It, I think with the the cinematography thing, something that I saw recently, like that was just insane in terms of like the way the camera worked was when the Suspiria. Mm. Remake the, the new is, one, yeah. yeah. The new, like the camera work in that. Like, I, I mean, I'm not technically camera minded, but like I was incredible. watching some of it, just going, "How the bloody hell have they actually yeah. made that work?" Yeah, and like I guarantee that that will get mm, bugger well, all in terms. Of, well, it didn't get no. bugger all in terms of nominations for anything. No, I think Roma won, didn't it, for best yeah. cinematography? Yeah. Yeah. Alfonso, yes, Cuan, I, I mean, so. I'm, I'm not mad at that because obviously, oh, ridiculous, he's. An incredible dude. Like yeah. I love, I love things that he's he's done. And I mean, he to me, I think he's kind of like a modern Kubrick in the way that he's he directs, but from such a technical standpoint. And he obviously shoots yeah. it. He's involved in everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I, I wasn't mad about that. I still have yet to obviously check out Roma. In, in all honesty, um, but uh, I, I think yeah, the technical side of things, it's good that that's recognised. But I think you almost have to, particularly from when we've learned filmmaking when we were at uni together, you almost have to kind of undo some of the the, the learning you've done and the walls. And I think we find a lot of magic when we're on set together, particularly obviously when you try and things with, with makeup and obviously how to light that. 
um, when you are wanting to obstruct information and reveal information yeah. and when and, and sound and stuff obviously for us it maybe more comes in in post as opposed to kind of on set but that to me is when I'm editing and, and things that's where I have the most fun is with the sound and because yeah. there's so many things that you can do that you don't see um, but yeah I, I just think horror is at its finest um, it is just great storytelling and we've told horror stories since like we were cavemen because you're always yeah, when when you ghost stories around the campfire exactly. and all that oh, kind of stuff because you're always re- scared remember, of what's, what's in the like, dark yeah. family parties that we used to have like at, um, at my grandma's house we as like kids would always take torches with us or we'd find mm. torches in my grandma's garage and we'd lock ourselves in the dark garage and all sit there with our torches and everybody mm. would like have a, a competition of mm. like who had the scariest story and like that was from about the age of six. And do you got, think we did sorry, stuff like that? Do, do you think that's something then that it, it's maybe maybe when it comes to awards that horror is seen as a little bit childish? It's not. It's not. It's not serious. You know, it, it's mm. it's not a drama. It's not a a big budget like blockbuster like, fantasies. You know, it's. I think it's have, something you that you can just have a bit of fun with. To have to, to you know, I think don't you? Yeah. The horror, but like you that. said, the horrors that unfortunately that have won haven't won as horrors, and they've been more like, especially recently with like Get Out, they've been more like social realism horrors. Mm. And I think that that mm. that's the big letdown for me with obviously horror not yeah. winning at award shows is it it's it has to play like the political game or I, be more of a thriller or a fantasy to actually get. Recognize. I could see as well, like, the idea of, you know, people seeing it as being childish with, you know, like, the, the stories where rather than making any kind of commentary, it is designed just to scare you. I could see... But there's a heck that, of a skill in that. Yeah, well, the, A, there's a skill in that, and, and B, OK, fair enough, you might view it as childish, but every single person out there still has that in their past. It's still up there. Like, you were saying mm. in the last episode that, like, even now, the bit with E.T. bursting mm. out of the bushes scares the shit out of you. It is it's my still to make like, sure that E.T. is mentioned every episode. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, it's still ingrained up here. Absolutely. It's still locked in up here, yeah. and I think that's why so many people, even if that is the case, do still love the classic horror with the jump scares and the the monster that's scaring the shit out of you. No one will ever go through life not experiencing fear. Ever. Yeah. Like, you don't have to see a horror movie to experience fear because naturally, when you grow up and you learn things about yourself and the world, you, you will be slightly afraid of something. And it just bothers me that the films that win don't allow you to feel too much. There's not a broad spectrum. You have to feel, like, empathy or be upset or... I don't know, see a, a character's yeah. journey. You've either got to cry or be elated. Yeah. Why can't you do that without a demon <laughs> coming in <laughs> or without, um, I, I don't know, without something just a bit more exciting happening? Yeah. Because to me, you, you can't beat being scared. That's like the, no. the best feeling for me. I absolutely love it. Did, um, did Paranormal Activity win anything? No, God. No. 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 Because that, for no, me... that was but seen that as a film, very cheap, like... It, it was very film, cheap, but, it? you know, that scared the living shit out of me. It was yeah. horrible. I, I think the thing is, from a from a technical standpoint, it was never going to win anything. No. Because... It, There's not it, much to it. It was groundbreaking, but not it's, in the right yeah. way. Yeah. Well, what should the Oscars and the, the, the awards like ceremonies in general, what should they be awarding? Is it the films that 
change things? You know, is it the films that push boundaries and, like, do something groundbreaking? Because if it is, then maybe it should have been looked at in that sort of sense of, mm. you know what, actually, that's really sparked something. Or Blair Witch. You know, that, that mm. really sparked a whole change in cinema from... It went from being... Mm. Uh, everything had to be perfect and everything had to be shot like this to, you know what, no, we can make a film yeah. with yeah. camcorders yeah. and make it compelling. We can do this, we can do that. I mean, so so what, why aren't those films looked at may, in the same sort of way? Maybe I'm simplifying it too much, but the idea of, like, best film and stuff like that, for me, like, it shouldn't need to say anything. It shouldn't necessarily need to spark an emotion. It should be simply down to, is it a good film? Like, yeah. you know, like, maybe I'm simplifying it's, that far too much. Yeah, did, like, well, yeah, potentially. But, mm. like, I, I think that there's nothing wrong with a film simply for entertainment's sake. If you come out of a film going, yes, that was a good film, mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think yeah. sometimes it's great to have a political message mm. or a feeling that it makes you feel or even just that you love the characters. I, but I think sometimes... A film just for the sake of oh, that was a good way to spend an hour and off. But that that would never be a film that that you I think think about for an award. Well, this is the like thing, a um, mindless blockbuster or, or whatever they, is going to not be. Was the Oscars that were they were going to put in an audience choice or something, yeah. wasn't it? And then they got roundly sort of no, 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 you can't do that. that it's that like stops. I felt like they were making bold choices last year, obviously with the nominations and the people that won, yeah. and like to see uh, Del Toro win director and, and best film, the Chick mm-hmm. Water yeah. won best film. So that to me was a massive step forward. And then for them to say this popular category, I, I was kind of on the fence about it because part of me was thinking horror might get a shout in here. Yeah. Because that might be the Academy's way of being like, okay, we see you, we have to recognise what you're doing. So this is where we're going to slot you in so then we can get on with all the other stuff mm. we're used to doing. I think what what really bothers me and kind of upsets me in all honesty is the fact that as a filmmaker, I feel that I'm going to have to change what I believe in and what I like to do and what I want to create in order to be recognised. Yeah. Like, I know for a fact I'm never going to be in BAFTA or um, do any of that stuff, which I can see friends around me doing, uh, because of the films I make. And I don't think it's... I, you shouldn't have to change for stuff like that. I think, as I say, oversimplification, there should just be recognition for mm. a film being great mm. for whatever reason. And mm. I think as well, like, we've, we've we've kind of said it before, but, like... The fact that I know when we make films, we make them on like next to nothing budget. But yeah, like, we don't make them to to win awards. I think that's no, just a then, really happy. But then if you if you look at like, I think horror is so underrated. Yes, because it can be done cheap, but people don't actually understand the effort and the craft that goes into using such a tiny, tiny budget, which a lot of horror filmmakers have, there and crafting something so Incredible. great on it. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna like like name drop or award ceremony drop or whatever but when we we won the My Annabelle Creation competition for the UK entry mm. like that was made in my grandma's hallway and a shed and, and a my, shed and my shed <laughs> yeah in a that's... bloody shed a yeah. shed and my grandma's twice. hallway <laughs> we don't talk about that. yeah we don't talk about it twice but yeah like and that was on family favours a bunch mm. of mates getting together and 
And just, ma- and just making something cool. And making I don't something think cool. And that film that went, I think that I don't think film... it looks that bad at all. I watched, no, I don't think it um, looks like I've, I've shown a shed. It to, I've shown it to people and they've gone, oh, that's dead good. And I'm like, do you know where we filmed that? And they're like, not close. Like, that's my shit. Yeah, and every thing. single one of them has gone, what? You can see that it's cardboard <laughs> around the edge of the uh, thing. I meant to kind of blow the curtain uh, across uh. just to cover the edge because you can just see like the corrugated bit. But the thing is... So, I... trivia, there's cardboard in the confession. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't. We we ran something along the edge. Ran beading. Uh, yeah, like a beading around the edge. Oh, okay, I hate the beading then. So, yeah, <laughs> I, remember, like, I remember doing that. Your workmanship is yeah, terrible. I, I was watching um, Peaky Blinders the other day, and there was a scene there in a confessional booth, and I was like, "We did that, mate. We, we did that in a shed, yeah. and, it, and it looked very similar." I was like, mm. oh, yes, "I'm pretty pleased with that." Yeah. But again, it's, it's the way that you light it; it's the way that you approach it. Performance again, like really, obviously grounded it from everyone. I think, I think that's it. I think the, the issue with any sort of award ceremony, like the Oscars or the BAFTAs or anything yeah. like that, it, it's awarded by a committee yeah and it's it's subjective and it's mm. political and for example with with Roma for example I, I'm yeah. pleased it won yeah um, but it was pushed so much by Netflix mm. as like we need to get this film to be seen as legitimate yeah let's push it let's have billboards everywhere let's have Oscar campaigns they spent so much money on getting that into their mindset that they probably went oh we should probably give this an award and it totally deserved the awards it got but it just makes you think maybe with a horror film if maybe if Hereditary got that same sort of push Mm. would it have then been nominated for certain things quite quite possibly it's just is it not is it maybe not a problem with the the award ceremonies themselves, but more with the studios. the studios not pushing the films to well, their I, full I potential. Think, I think A twenty four do an amazing job, and they've done some incredible things. That like obviously that and the witch, mm. and um, I, 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 yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. And it's like every time I see that logo appear before a film, I kind of deep down know that I'm going to enjoy it. Which, quite frankly, I don't think I have with any other studio that they reliably make good content. I think, but the I just don't think that they, they'd have a leg to stand on. They couldn't compete with the likes of Universal that, that's or... That's the thing. Um, it's money, isn't it? Fox, any of it, because you hear about the stories, don't you, of like people who are judging these things in the committee being sent all these care packages from, like, Team Roma yeah. or, or things yeah. like that. So it's like, if you think about it, the, the film itself is low budget, so there's They're no not... budget for a but bloody then, Oscar campaign. If you look at... Like, obviously, Universal back in the day has brought us, like... And, and I suppose, like, Modern has brought, like... The big studios have brought some good horror films. But are they as technically wonderful as some of the maybe lower-budget horror films that we like? Like, you said, the A24 stuff, like... I, I think sometimes it, there's a semblance of playing it safe with the bigger-budget stuff. But these studios, they would not be where they are now without horror. Like well, Universal, Universal exists without Universal monsters. Built on a foundation of yeah. horror, and that says something. If you think about it, like when we were talking about, obviously, people were experiencing fear. When people were making movies, and the first movies that were coming out, they were like horror movies. Were ghost well, it's stories. like ghost stories, and horror psycho. movies, and the the famous clip of the train pulling into the station. That oh, it terrified terrified people. people. Yeah. And I mean, because it was a reaction. That was like, yeah, Wasn't that it? was the first kind of experiences people were having with film. And it's like, it's just been... Sh- 
shoved in a cupboard, locked away, and it's kind of like, we don't want to acknowledge you now, even though I think the, the leaps that are being made with film and entertainment and the, the medium uh, are with that and sci-fi and, and potentially fantasy. I think genre, like genre pieces like that, yeah. is where, where the progress is being made. Thanks for listening to the second episode of No Ghouls Allowed. Um, next time we are going to be discussing uh, Jordan Peele's new film, Us, and quite possibly Pet Cemetery as well, if we've got a chance to go and watch that one. And we're also going to be discussing the best deaths in cinema. So that could be from horror, it could be from anything. So keep it creepy and see you on the other side. Welcome to the second episode of the... Sorry, oh. no, start again. wasn't even Liam. It wasn't even Liam. Well, the thing is, I, I heard him go, and it, like that just set me off, so... Oh. And I was purposely not looking at him, so I was like, I look at Richard. You're a joke, Richard, Richard. you're a joke, mate. <laughs> right, it's fine. Don't Nobody look life. at Just let it out. You just gotta get it done. You gotta get it done. I'm, I'm, I'm so mad. Because if you don't, you don't let it out, it will just continue to happen every time you try and go for it. You can't say okay. <laughs> Yeah, you just have to get. You just have to go for it. When no, we're it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's not even funny. I don't even get what we're laughing about. <laughs> oh, I've not slept in three okay. days. We've done so well to get like this far without this happening. It's been an hour, so you know. You know that time that we said part two. <laughs> Am I right? Okay, cool. sorry. <laughs>